back to the past. This is Dating Ourselves, the podcast that talks everything 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined by my co-host, Brian and Paul. Hey, guys. Hello. Like Kip Winger, we're only episode 17. Dude, any more jokes like that, we're going to have to ask you to leave. Well, I think we're heading for a heartbreak. God. Get out. Just get out. You're done. Just keep <laughs> what? Ladies and gentlemen, that's Brian's term on dating ourselves. He'll no longer be with us. I was serious. Who's Kip Winger? <laughs> <laughs> He's the lead singer from Winger. Hence the name. <laughs> Do you remember from Beavis and Butthead that nerdy kid Stuart? Yeah. That was his favorite band. <laughs> that's nice. interesting maybe that says a lot more about me than it does anything else <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's the first and only time anybody's ever said that winger was somebody's favorite band <laughs> could be could be <laughs> well if you missed last week's episode you should really check it out the gang and i talked about the animated series thundercats Oh! You can find that and all of our past episodes at datingourselvespodcast.com, on iTunes, Google Music, and wherever podcasts are downloaded. And we really appreciate our listener support, and we'd like to share some kind words left by one of those listeners on iTunes about our show. If you'd like to leave us your own five-star review on iTunes, we would definitely love to read it on the air as a way to th- say thank you. So this week's five-star review comes to us from Geisha Ninja. It says, work from home, so this is fun to listen to while I do that. Lots of funny topics and memories I forgot I remembered. Or remembered she forgot. I, I guess that probably happens after she remembered. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Geisha Ninja. As always, five-star reviews are encouraged. Be sure to tell your friends and everyone you know about dating ourselves. Geisha right. Ninja would be a really sweet like screen name, like an Xbox Live name. Just saying. It's true. Very true. So let's get this party started. This week, I'm going to be leading the discussion on the amazing cult classic TV series, Freaks and Geeks. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Great show. It really is. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about all the joys of that show. So when I think of, you know, Freaks and Geeks was all about that awkward time in high school and first experiences. And I, I don't know why, but I, I have to share a quick story that'll probably get me in trouble later. <laughs> oh, dear. But, <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so if I remember correctly, there is an episode where they have a party and they send a friend to buy a keg or yeah, some, yeah, the- some aspect of that. But the general idea I'm going with is... I think most of us have had that, you know, not necessarily in high school per se, but we've all had that first awkward experience. And I remember the first time that I ever drank a beer. We had a mutual friend. His grandfather had a farm, and in his barn, he had an old Coke machine that he would stock with beer. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually, it. Uh, like, it, normally you could just push the uh, refill button and it would drop the beer. So, there was a there was a period, well, I guess I shouldn't give dates, although I'm sure it's far past the statute of limitations. Some friends of ours all rode our bikes out to this farm in the middle of the night with the intention of just unloading this machine while they were away for the weekend. And we got there, and it had been determined in advance by his grandfather, this would probably happen. So they had re-engaged the mechanism so that we would have to purchase said beer. Budweiser? Yeah, older and Budweiser. (laughs) It was worse. Oh, God. So we realized that we would need dimes in order to purchase said beer. So then we rode our bikes all the way back into town to pick up a shitload of dimes. (laughs) (laughs) By that, you mean pretty ladies, right? (laughs) (laughs) Nice blazing saddles reference there. (laughs) Rode all the way back to discover once we put the dimes in, the refrigeration part had been turned off and we were left with a bag of warm strows. Oh, Strohs. I did not drink beer again for a very long time. For for those not from the Midwest, Strohs, as my dad used to call it, was Detroit River Water. Um, (laughs) It is the the PBR of Michigan. Maybe even lower on the rack than that. I'm not sure. It's uh, it's definitely not (laughs) a first. PBR's making a comeback, man. It's it's not a a first choice by many, that's for sure. 
I think it's a step above uh, red, white, and blue, and the cans that just say beer on them. They don't even have a brand. They just say beer. Costco brand beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kirkland bubbles and wheat in your water. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Do they? Uh, do they still have beer thirty in Michigan? Of course. I've I've not seen it around here in Maryland, so that's why I wanted to ask. But I remember uh, in Michigan, anyone who's seen that Seinfeld episode where Newman takes a whole bunch of bottles up to Saginaw with the mail truck, uh, Michigan has the 10 cent per can or bottle deposit. So when you're buying a 30 pack, you would add $3 to that price plus tax. And I still think back in college, those were like 14 bucks for 30 cans with tax and deposit. So you know you're getting a quality product. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Less than 50 cents a piece. Well, anyway, folks, uh, I think we've probably curtailed this too far into the wild, wild weeds. But we want to remind everyone that we're going to pick next week's topic at the end of the episode through a format we like to call Nostalgia Combat. Nostalgia Combat! All right, yeah. So it's going to be me and the raunchy garbage pail kids trading card collection versus Paul and the Star Fox Nintendo franchise. We're also going to visit... Do a barrel roll. That's right. (laughs) And then we're going to go hang out with the Hopper of Imagination, get Adam another topic. But in the meantime, Adam, um, Freaks and Geeks, go on. Let's do this. All right, so Freaks and Geeks. This was a cult, really a cult TV show. It didn't nearly get the exposure that it should have. Um, and like one of the my co-hosts mentioned uh, prior to us going on air, apparently it was running up against, uh, what was it, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah, that's what I was reading is that that was in the same time slot. So, um, so anyone who lived through the, that era, yeah, in 1999 when it was at the height of its popularity. Yeah. Not many people so were watching anything So you can see how else, this kind of got uh, you know swept under the rug and didn't really get the – exposure it should have considering the cast of people that are in the show which is truly incredible and we'll talk about that in a minute uh but the show was created by paul feig who is very notable comedy writer and producer uh he has done stuff with uh, a whole bunch of tv shows and movies he's the one that was the director of Uh, like Freaks and Geeks. He did episodes of The Office. He did episodes of Arrested Development, Mad Men, 30 Rock, Parks and Rec. Did he do do Mad Men the Animated Series? He did not, (laughs) but I hear through the rumor mill that he's working on Mad Men the Animated Series. Oh, okay, okay. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, So the show was created by Paul Feig, But it's most notable because of the fact that the executive producer of this was Judd Apatow, who should, y'all should recognize that name. He's the guy that directed The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Knocked Up, Funny People, Trainwreck, and a whole bunch of other comedies that have come out over the last decade or so. And he's known for working with a lot of the same actors, which is important because that relationship with a lot of them started during the Freaks and Geeks run. Now, the show really only lasted one season. There was 18 episodes. It started its run in September of 1999 and ended in October of 2000. So it was a pretty short run. It never got renewed. Um, And we'll talk about why that is a little later. But the show actually takes place in a fictional town in Michigan. Uh, it's supposed to be a, a, like a fictional suburb called uh, Chippewa, Michigan. And uh, the, it takes place in the 70s and follows the Weir family, which is the parents and then the two kids, Lindsay Weir and Sam Weir. Uh, Lindsay is kind of the connection to the freaks in the show, and then Sam Weir is the connection to the geeks in the show. With each group, there's a whole bunch of people that are involved. So uh, who are some of the people that you guys remember being a part of this show? Because there was quite a few names that have become famous in the years since that were uh, attached to this show. 
Seth Rogen, for sure. He's the first person that I yep. recall. He was also one of my favorite characters on the show. Yeah, yep. He plays Ken, one of the freaks. Yeah, and uh, and James Franco was another one who kind of got his... Uh, he became huge after this, you know, being in Spider-Man and being in a whole bunch of other things. Um, yep. Yeah, he plays the kind of the leader of the geeks. Uh, I'm sorry, the leader of the freaks. And then... Uh, uh, an older, wiser Biff is uh, in in the show. He yes. as, the, as the gym teacher. Yes, it's absolutely. Tom Wilson, right? Yeah. Sorry, Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson. Yep, Tom Wilson, the guy who played Biff Tannen in the Back to the Future series, plays the gym teacher in the show. Any other ones that you guys remember? Um, well, Jason. Siegel. Yeah, Jason Siegel. <laughs> yeah, who I was going to say Jason Siegel. Yep, he plays uh, one of the freaks. And I can't remember a lot of the other actors or actresses' names, but there's a lot of really, really funny. Um, whoever the kid is that plays Neil is probably Neil's probably my favorite character in the whole series. Yeah, um, uh, that's uh, uh, Sam, Sam Levine. Levine. That's right. That's right. Yep, he's hilarious, um, <laughs> and I love yep. that he's so corny and he's so into like William Shatner. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yep. I think he's pretty fun. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, besides the people that they mentioned, who were really the ones that became the biggest stars as a result of the show, uh, the other characters, Lindsay, the main character, was played by Linda Cardellini, who you might remember from Grandma's Boy. She played the the main boss of the show, like the main love interest. John Francis Daly, who was from the movie Waiting, he was the kid that was training He was doing the training to work in the restaurant that day and never got to talk until the end of the movie. Um, Martin Starr, who you guys might know, he's been in a whole bunch of things, but if you watch Silicon Valley, he plays... I'm blanking on his name. What was his name again? Is it it Guilfoyle? Guilfoyle, yeah. He plays Guilfoyle in that. Just like in Silicon Valley, he always plays that real sarcastic smart aleck in the show (laughs) um and then busy phillips who you'd recognize from a whole bunch of shows last one i remember her being on was cougar town and then uh joe joe flaherty uh oh love him love him yeah he He, he plays father mcnutley in detroit rock city (laughs) yes yes that was one of his big credits and then he's also the guy from happy gilmore where he's like hey happy you will not make this putt you jackass. jackass. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. So on top of the main characters, there's a huge list of recurring cast members, people that are friends of either the freaks or geeks, people like the teachers and things like that. I won't go through all of them, but just a couple of them that I wanted to mention. Chauncey Leopardi plays Alan, one of the bullies, who Chauncey Leopardi is Squint Polidorus from The Sandlot, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, And then there's a whole bunch of other people we'll get to later. But like I said, the show really revolves around this family uh, of the Weirs and their friends and things like that. And it's just about like what their life is like as they kind of start to get into high school and kind of become part of these cliques, either the freaks or the geeks. And so, of course, uh, Sam, the younger brother that gets in with the geeks, uh, it's him and Neil and Bill are the three main ones. It's just about them having to deal with, you know, life as a geek. Like, you know, what costumes do they pick for Halloween in, in one of the episodes? Uh, which, <laughs> who who did uh, Bill go as again? He was, uh, was he someone from, he was like, from Dallas, Dallas or something? Yeah, I can't remember who. Yes, he was, he was J.R. from Dallas. No, he was, uh... No, he played a girl. Like, he dressed up... Uh, oh, no, he was, he went, did the, he did the bionic woman. Yes. That's what it was, you're right. Yeah, the bionic... So bionic he tried to do the bionic woman, and he ended up looking horrible and then another uh someone else went as groucho marks and then yeah neil was groucho was, was it the tin man i think he was a, supposed gonna... to be a robot but it was like a <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah it was like the most generic robot, robot of all time uh, somewhere between robbie the robot and the tin man from wizard of oz <laughs> exactly <laughs> well, i think it's important to point out that they don't really show anything about Lindsay. From before her trying to be friends with the freaks, but they kind of allude right. to this 
that she was a straight-A student. She was a mathlete. Uh, you know, she was a good friend with, like, her guidance counselor, who kind, kind of yep. reminds me of the teacher from Beavis and Butthead. Mr. Rosso. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I think they said something about, like, her grandmother had passed away or something like that. And then after that, she kind of started hanging out with different kids. And I, I think yep. that's kind of a, a big driving force for a lot of the show, too, is that it's not like she's just been hanging out with these kids since she was, like, you know, in grade school. She's she's kind of gravitated towards them and wants to be accepted by these kids who, you know, smoke cigarettes and have sex and go out and, and party dr- all you night. Know, underage drinking, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's a, a lot of it I feel like is her kind of like, she doesn't really know who she is or, or is trying to figure out who she is. And so she's kind of hanging out with them, uh, I guess, just to kind of see a different part of her life or something. Yeah. Uh, but, but of course it leads to a lot of issues. You know, she's got, um, Daniel, which is James Franco's character. She, uh, there's kind of like a undertone that she kind of has a thing for him, but he's dating Kim Kelly, who is kind of the main female freak in the show. Um, and then, you know, they're kind of one of those like on again, off again relationships. And, yeah. uh, then there's kind of a thing, a little thing between her and Nick, which is Jason Siegel's character and stuff. So it's just kind of her like getting out of her comfort zone and, and kind of, you know, thinking, you know, she, she's lived her life, you know, one way her whole life at this point. So it's her kind of breaking away from that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what makes her such a great character because oh, the the beginning of the show is definitely her trying to aspire what she thinks she wants to be, but then she's also trying to like hide yet preserve the relationships with the nerds that she once associated with. Yeah. And yep. that just, you know, that sums up the clickiness high school experience. Oh, absolutely. Well, even even there's that kind of whole thing with her about how she, you know, she's going out and doing things like, uh, you know, hitting, uh, like destroying mailboxes and smashing pumpkins on Halloween and all that. But then at the end of the day, like she still has a good relationship with her parents, even though they're kind of worried about how she's acting out and stuff like that. So she, she's still the same girl at heart uh, throughout the show. It's just she's kind of confused about, you know, where she is in life, I guess. So do you guys have any particular favorite episodes of the show? So, hmm, that's a difficult question. I think I have to go with the Halloween episode, but mostly because it touched... One of the great things about this show, and recently we had a conversation on Facebook um, via post where someone on Reddit had summed up that our generation was unique because we started life with computers that, you know, were on a cart yep. that got wheeled into the classroom. And by the time we graduated high school, we could, you know, carry a, you know, full computer right. messaging machine in our pocket. So one of the things that I love about this show is even though it's technically from the generation before ours, it's close enough to where we started that we can kind of relate to it. And, you know, before kids stayed inside and played games on Xbox, that's what we did on Halloween night. We went out, we smashed (laughs) pumpkins, we threw eggs, we, you know... We caused mischief because, frankly, there wasn't that much to do. And if you, you know, mix that with an awesome <laughs> soundtrack, that's a hell of a night. Uh, and I know that at one point in time, I have definitely taken at least one of you outside your comfort zone in the back of my car on an evening. Oh my! To <laughs> we do we some may sort want to rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what that episode. The the idea of the Halloween episode is: there's two storylines. The nerds are they really want to go trick or treating and get candy, but they are way too yeah, old to like be trick or treating. People yeah. are giving them. Yeah, people are giving them crap about it and they're just depressed because they really just want to hang and do what they think is fun, which is, you know, cosplay and get candy. Uh-huh. And um the you know, the older daughter or the older daughter, she is she goes out with the freaks and they want they basically just drive around and troll the neighborhood and cause mischief. Mm-hmm. And when I watched this episode, another story that comes to mind is I remember that there was some event that Adam, you were late to. 
and uh, we rolled my 86 cutlass up to the front of your door because we assumed you were still asleep. Oh, and yeah. we shot, we had a water balloon slingshot. So a common thing that we used to do to entertain ourselves is we would drive around and shoot water balloons at windows <laughs> at unsuspecting victims, which in retrospect is horrible. You should not do it. I'm pretty sure it's a felony, but I did it all fessed up to it. It's true. So we came up with this brilliant idea that we were going to just roll up the car and we were going to shoot water balloons at your bedroom window on the second floor of your house. Yes. So we pull the car, we pull the car up. I throw it in park. I roll into the back seat. I hold the water balloon slingshot and the second person pulls it back. We got the, you know, Bombay window open and we get three perfect shots. Perfect. Right on your window. (laughs) And your dad walks out the front door and it was, you know, it was relatively early in the morning in my head. He has a bathrobe. I'll stick with it because it makes it funnier. (laughs) But (laughs) he comes out and we're like, Oh shit, we're caught. This is it. Run. And I'm trying to get to the front seat so we could just take off. And your dad starts approaching the car and he goes, Adam went to the store. He'll be back in just a minute. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to preface this, at this point, this was probably what freshman or sophomore year of high school. Probably at this point, my parents had known Paul for God, like five, six years or something like that. So they didn't care. They were just like, "Eh, whatever." My dad was probably up anyway. My dad's one of those that gets up several times throughout the night. <laughs> uh, so he was probably up anyway and heard the noise and was like the hell's going on out there (laughs) that's a really great episode Uh, though i I love that halloween episode yeah and i I just personally i feel i can relate to both sides of it because i still like to dress up on halloween and do things that i'm way too old for but then i also can appreciate you know throwing eggs and causing mischief (laughs) there you go there you go what about you brian i think my favorite episode is so, so Sam, the, the, the young brother of the Weir family, has a crush on this girl named Cindy Sanders. And she is in his grade. She's a cheerleader, but she's also kind of into, like, books and stuff. And um, it, she always kind of seems a little bit interested in him. Well, there's an episode where the school mascot, which I think he's a Norseman or a Viking or something like that, he gets injured and they need somebody who's about that size to fill in for the new mascot. And so Sam's like, well, this would be a great opportunity. And so he goes and tries out, and he actually, he's going to be the mascot at the next basketball game. Well, it, it turns out that the star basketball player also likes Cindy and asks her out, and of course she likes him, and he's already committed to doing this this mascot thing. <laughs> um, and he has it, this giant like paper mache head thing that he has to wear and it's super heavy but he's so bummed he doesn't want to do it and so neil decides to do it for him <laughs> and it's hysterical um he, he does like all this crazy stuff like fall on his own sword and he goes up in the stands and starts you know dancing with people up there and all the cheerleaders are really upset because he's getting way more laughs and attention than, than they are um <laughs> But the former mascot, so the kid that got injured, I recognized him, but I couldn't place him until like maybe 10 minutes before we started recording. So like, oh, I, I know we're going to talk about what our favorite episodes are. And I don't want to be stuck with uh, what's his face in the woods again. Uh, yeah. Oh, Dwayne Barry. Right, right. Uh, Shia LaBeouf was the mascot. Yeah. Yeah, a, a super young Shia LaBeouf, oh, yeah. like unrecognizably young Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, like, like post Even Stevens, but not yet breakout. No, I think it was prior to Even Stevens. Wow. I, I'm pretty sure, because Even Stevens, I think, was like in the 2000s, wasn't it? Or was it 90s? Um, I thought it was mid-90s, because in Even Stevens, I mean, he was like an eight-year-old kid. Oh, okay. He, I mean, he no, looks like even, he could... Even Stevens was right about the same time. That episode aired in oh, okay. 2000, and even Stevens was 2000 to 2003. So, oh, okay. so it would have been right about so, the exact same time, technically a little earlier. Right. And, 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 you know, you mentioned that he was the mascot there. 
that was actually something that was really kind of impressive for this show was the number of guest appearances that were in this show. Um, oh, yeah. It, it was really unbelievable. Just to give you an idea of some of the people who uh, showed up in that TV show, uh, Alan Covert, who is one of those guys that you probably don't know the name, but you'd recognize him. He's in almost every single Adam Sandler film. He was the main character in Grandma's Boy, and he's been in a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, Little Nicky and all those. Let's see. Uh, Rashida Jones of The Office oh, and yeah, yeah. Parks and Rec fame. She plays uh, Kim Kelly's friend, quote-unquote friend, in uh, one of the episodes that was actually one of my favorite episodes, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But she was in that. David Keckner, who was, oh gosh, he was the sports anchor in Anchorman. Um uh, I'm blanking out on what his character's yeah, name Champ, was. Right? It wasn't Brick. Champ. Champ. Champ, yeah. He was Champ in Anchorman. Dave Crumholtz, who you'd recognize from a bunch of shows. He was in uh, Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle and a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, ben Stiller showed up as a Secret Service agent in one episode. Leslie Mann showed up in one of the episodes, which is Judd Apatow's wife. She was in like 40-Year-Old Virgin and a whole bunch of movies. Uh, with that group jason schwartzman who was in rushmore and gosh what's that movie with uh oh gosh it's one of my favorite movies too uh is it like your favorite episode of the (laughs) x-files no that's my favorite episode of the (laughs) x-files scott pilgrim uh jason schwartzman was in scott pilgrim versus the world as well um and then the other one that was kind of funny the three of us watched a couple episodes together uh, recently to kind of refresh our memory a little bit on the show because it had been a while for some of us. And uh, we were sitting there, and there's an episode where Kim Kelly, the main like girl freak, uh, she was having an argument with her parents, and they were talking about, like, you got to keep it down or you're going to wake up your brother Chip. And they cut over to this guy laying on the couch sleeping. And I, was, I said to uh, Brian and Paul, I was like, that guy looks familiar. Who was that? And they cut back to it, and it turns out it was Mike White, who was in School of Rock. He played uh, Huey or whatever, the guy that Jack Black's character pretended to be, that sub. Yeah. I was like, God, okay. I haven't seen him. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, seen him in- yeah, his roommate that was the bassist for a long time and hung it up so he could yeah. be a teacher. Yep, yep, absolutely. So, yeah, I just wanted to kind of revisit uh, that part because that was a huge thing, how many just different uh, special guests they had on the show. But yeah. kind of going back to the topic we had been talking about, which was favorite episodes, uh, mine was number four, Kim Kelly is my friend. That's the one. Uh, that's a good excuse one. Excuse <laughs> me. Th- yeah, th- that's the one that Rashida Jones is in as Karen. Uh, but it's kind of an interesting episode because you have uh, Kim is dating Daniel, the character played by James Franco, and then Rashida Jones plays this girl who's uh, bullying Sam, the younger brother of the main character. But in part of the episode, Kim and Lindsay are driving around in a car together, and they go to the park so she can meet Daniel, and Daniel's there flirting with Karen, and she goes ballistic and starts, uh, like, almost runs all of them over and stuff like that. Later in the episode, there's a uh, confrontation between Kim and Daniel at the Weir's house because uh, Kim well, had you, gone you, you're, there. You're missing a big part where they had uh, dinner with uh, Kim's family. Yeah, that's what I was kind of uh, going to touch on there was the uh, she had gone to the Weir house with Lindsay to get away from her family because her family was crazy. Like the parents were like saying that they were going to sell her car and stuff like that. And so well, she the house there the- was crazy too. Cause they like, she invites, oh, yeah. she, she invites Lindsay over for dinner and there's literally like no walls inside of the house. It's just like, <laughs> <There's> like exposed <laughs> wires. It's just two by fours and electrical everywhere. Uh, and then of course, like through like three different sets of where walls should be is that couch. Where uh, where what's his face from School of Rock oh, is he, sleeping? Yeah, Chip. <laughs> uh, so 
they uh, she goes to dinner with the Weirs, and then Nick, the character played by Jason Siegel, shows up, and he said, "Hey, Daniel's outside. He really wants wants to talk to you." And she goes, "I don't really want to talk to him." And he's like, "Well, she, he's going to come in anyway." So he finally comes in, talks to her. She's mad. She's hitting him and uh, talk, you know, saying he's a cheater and all that. And he sits there and tells her, you know, I didn't do anything. I, you know, you're the only one for me, yada, yada, yada. So the the family's like, oh, you know what? We'll give him a a few minutes. So Jason Siegel and Lindsay and all of them, they all leave the room for a minute and they're having a conversation. The mom's (laughs) kind of perplexed by the whole situation. And then they're like, well, you know, we don't hear him arguing anymore. Maybe we should go check on him. And they open up the door and they're just hardcore making out in the (laughs) Weir's kitchen. So the mom just kind of gives like this concerned look and then just closes the door like gives them their space (laughs) right before they went in there too, uh nick uh, jason siegel's character asked the mom is all right if i have this fruit roll up is it right if I have all of these fruit roll-ups? <laughs> oh, all right, thanks. He, he he pulls four of them out of his pocket. Like, is it all right if I have these? Oh, that's really cool, you guys. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> One of the other uh, actors that was in this that I recognize right away that perhaps a lot of other people wouldn't have uh, was Sam McMurray. Uh, and the reason I recognized him right away, he in the show he plays Neil's dad. Um, oh, okay. And there's the I think the first time we introduced him is the episode where they're making all the prank calls to the different teachers. They get like the teachers' directory and they start prank calling the coach over and over again and stuff. Oh um, yeah. But he played um, Ron Dahl. That's what it was. Ron Dahl on uh, <laughs> on Home Improvement. He was helping Jill with her resume while also oh. kind of like hitting on her the entire time while Tim was trying to put a satellite dish on the roof. Uh, <laughs> and apparently oh, he played awesome. the voice of Roy on uh, Jim Henson's Dinosaurs. So Nice, nice. Um, Buddy now, boy. Now, <laughs> yeah. now that you're talking about that, there was a couple of other uh, recurring cast members uh, or characters that I wanted to talk about uh, just real briefly. The first one was uh, Harris Trinsky. Uh, he is probably one of my favorite characters in the show, and he's just kind of a tag along for the geeks. Uh, he's the kid that he's kind of tall and has like shoulder length hair and one of those nasty little oh, like yeah. starter mustaches and glasses, and he's just very like down to earth and uh, calm. Unlike all the other characters, like especially all the other geeks who are all very like high strung and stuff. Uh, and he's just very calm, very sarcastic, but also like surprisingly kind of goes back and forth between the geeks and the freaks. Like he's kind of equally in between the two groups. Yeah. And, and he's just a funny character because he'll show up like randomly. Like uh, wh- one of the best ones is going back to the Halloween episode when he rings the doorbell and the weird uh, mom opens up the door and he's standing <laughs> there with head. one of those yeah, with like a knife through his head and she's she like kind of like is taken aback and she goes he's like not saying anything and she goes would you like some candy? And he's like Sure. So she hands him the candy, and then he's like, is Sam here? And she's like, oh, you're one of Sam's friends. Like, never said what he was doing there or anything. (laughs) Just stood there awkwardly staring at her. Um, And then the other one I wanted to mention, because he is, like, one of the – I really think he is one of the greatest actors of this generation that nobody has an idea of what his name is, but he shows up in everything, and that's Ben Foster – uh, in the show, he plays a character named Eli, who is special needs. I believe uh, he's like uh, is supposed to be autistic or something like that in the show. But he's one of those guys. Like, if you look up a picture of him, you will absolutely recognize him because he's in like swear to God, he's like in fifty percent of the movies that are ever released. But he never plays like a main character. He's always like a you know, one of the henchmen of the main character. Yeah, I feel like he was in The Punisher, wasn't he? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, He was in The Punisher. He was in 310 to Yuma. (laughs) Yes, 310 to Yuma, he was amazing in. He was uh, in X-Men, The Last Stand. 
He was in 30 Days of Night. He was in uh, Lone Survivor. He was in the Warcraft movie. <laughs> he was in Inferno, uh, the the uh, Dan Brown movie, so like the novelization of that. He's been in a few things. <laughs> yeah, and his, his TV show credits are equally as impressive. I mean, he was on My Name is Earl. He was on Six Feet Under, The Dead Zone. Like, he, mm-hmm. like Adam said, he's just everywhere. Yeah. And he's an unbelievable actor, but he never gets any credit because he's not ever the lead actor. He's just always one of the like secondary characters or whatever. But he does such a good job at them. Every time I see him in a movie, I'm like, or his name pop up in the credits of a movie. I was like, okay, I'm in for a treat. This is going to be good because I've never <laughs> he's seen the new anything. Keith David. Yes, yes, he absolutely is like Keith David. Keith David was the dad in Something About Mary. He was Mary's dad. And he does voiceovers in every video game. Anytime you need a drill sergeant, it's usually I was going to say, wasn't he in Platoon as well? I think so, yeah. I believe so. Looking it up, I'm pretty sure that he was. I was going to (laughs) say. I know he was in Major Pain. Oh, yeah, you're right, yep. But, you know, it's just... He's the. There's got to be a word for what we're trying to say, like the type of actor. Like, I, I mean, obviously, it's like a character actor. But well, the the one I always use there's there's actually a documentary called this, and since then I've taken to referring to them as this. That one actor from that one thing, because it perfectly <laughs> describes those people. Because you know them from every movie ever made. But you don't know their names because, again, they're not the leads. They're the the supporting actors and the method actors that kind of bury themselves in the part. I always love describers like that. I remember reading an article once (laughs) about, like, famous 90s singers and that particular style of 90s singing that was really popular in, like, the alternative and grunge music. And they called them yarblers. (laughs) (laughs) And and to sing, yeah, so if you're singing like Eddie Vedder, you're you're yarbling. (laughs) But yes, Keith David was in Platoon. He played King. I thought he was. Okay. Yep. Okay. But yeah, yarbling. (laughs) (laughs) So um, last couple things uh, I was going to talk about with this. Like I said, it was canceled after a season. So it never really got to wrap up. They did actually have planned storylines that they were going to follow, uh, but obviously they never got to follow that, which is unfortunate because they they probably could have done some really cool things with those characters. But um, the the show was canceled after a season, and then the same creator, director, all that, Paul Feig, wanted to actually uh, created a second show called Undeclared, which was a college show. And he wanted to actually try to get all of the Freaks and Geeks actors back. Hmm. But the only one that was picked up was Seth Rogen. The other ones, uh, they're like Jason Siegel, Sam Levine, Busy Phillips, uh, Dave Krumholtz, uh, uh, Martin Starr, all appeared in various episodes. But the only character out of that whole series of, of freaks and geeks that was picked up for undeclared was uh, seth rogan that's interesting so that was kind of unfortunate because yeah. that could have been a really way to carry on the show had it not been canceled yeah because of all like the starring characters i feel like seth rogan was in the least uh, amount of episodes and stuff like he had the least yeah, screen he gets, time he gets yeah. a few more episodes near the end of the series run uh, like there is a there's a story arc later in the series where he starts dating a girl and finds out some rather surprising information mm. about the girl that he's dating and stuff. So he gets a little bit uh, more time later in the series because they start kind of getting into the kind of a debate about, you know, how do you approach a situation like what he goes through and stuff gotcha. like that. Gotcha. Yeah, because yeah. the one episode I really remember him being in was, I, I can't remember which one it was, but the one with the fake IDs, and they have to go to like the oh, yeah. the leisure suit store to like get these fake IDs, and the guy's like, let me memorize <laughs> your faces. Ah, brown hair, brown eyes. Okay, I got it. And he brings back all these uh, fake IDs that are all for like, um, like, like Asian Canadian uh, citizens, <laughs> and then there's one that just happens to be like, 
hey Zeus, and that's the one he gives to uh, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. And he, <laughs> he decides to keep it. He's just going to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. McLovin. Yeah. <laughs> I am McLovin. So um, outside of what we talked about, is there any other memorable things from the show for you guys? Any other memorable people in the show or storylines that you liked or anything like that? I want to just, we kind of touched on it, but we kind of glossed over it too. The soundtrack for this show is absolutely amazing. Oh, absolutely. It's mostly period music, but I mean, there's Billy Joel, Grateful Dead, Sticks, Moody Blues, Van Halen. You can't yeah. forget the, uh, the Doobie Brothers Rush. classic. Uh, <laughs> when when uh, <laughs> One character we haven't talked about yet was Millie, which was Lindsay's friend who was this very like straight edge, uh, like very I wouldn't say religious straight edge, gr- that usually implies that you're like combative about your good nature. Um, I would I would say <laughs> that she was more straight laced than straight edge. Oh, okay, okay, that's fair. <laughs> but uh, she she was very yeah. So straight laced. She you know she didn't smoke. She didn't drink anything like that. And she was kind of uh, trying to be Lindsay's guardian angel. But there's a great episode where the uh, Weirs have uh, Lindsay has a party at her house. And that, that's the episode where <laughs> yeah. they get the keg and stuff like that. And she shows up, and there's a couple of great parts with her. One is like the you know all these people are standing around in very typical like party dialogue fashion of movies. One guy's like, "Man, I'm so buzzed," and she she's sitting there and she goes, "Man, I bet I'm uh, higher than you guys, and I'm not even drinking anything. I'm just loving life." Or she's like, "I'm high on life." <laughs> and then a few minutes later, like she turns down the music to the party and she goes on to the piano and starts playing Jesus My Friend by the Doobie Brothers uh, in what, Jason that, what's, what's that song called? Uh, Jesus Is Just Alright? Oh, Jesus Is Just Alright, yeah. yeah. That's the one. That's the yeah. one. Yeah. Jesus Is Just Alright with me. Yeah, and then uh, Jason Siegel starts rocking out with her. <laughs> yeah, well, it's extra funny too because earlier in the episode she was part of the... Uh, wasn't she part of the, uh, the school drama club or whatever and they were doing like a whole bunch of skits about the dangers of drunk driving and stuff Um, yeah so she shows up to the party and and like she you know she actually doesn't drink there but the other one that had been in that group as well uh was harris trinsky the kind of weird uh geek friend and he was sitting at the party drinking and somebody actually points that out they're like dude are you the dude from like the anti-drinking thing and he just kind of shrugs it off like yeah whatever (laughs) (laughs) and actually the guy that pointed it out was the same kid that played uh greg goldberg in the mighty ducks movies yes it is yes it is i thought i (laughs) recognized he shows up as i think he was like the bassist for the band that all of them were in together uh daniel and nick and creation i think is the name right creation yeah it's not quite genesis but it's you know creation (laughs) (laughs) that's such a high school garage band name i know absolutely i know oh well the the funny (laughs) kind of like a way message (laughs) (laughs) oh man Uh, there's some good stuff there for sure uh for sure (laughs) but yeah uh that that episode though i i thought it was really funny that Sam, the younger brother, was really worried about his sister throwing this party. Not so much that she was going to get grounded or anything like that, but those like play PSA things that were going on at the school really worried him. Like, oh gosh, these are the dangers of drinking underage. Wow, this is this is so bad. I don't want anything to happen to my sister. So him and his buddies go to the liquor store and buy a <laughs> keg of non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> And put that in the living room. So that's actually what everybody is drinking. And everyone's thinking they're wasted (laughs) on non-alcoholic beer. Well, then they bring the actual keg into his closet. And uh, what's his face? Um, Bill. Bill. Bill is in the room because he can't miss Dallas. And he starts like drinking beer from the actual keg. And he's the only one that actually drinks the whole party. (laughs) And he drinks a ton. (laughs) He drinks an entire keg by himself. (laughs) He was out of a, wasn't it a Detroit Tigers baseball helmet? Yeah, it was one of those. uh, If if any of you remember the Ponderosa uh, chain, they used to have 
the ice cream machine that you could go up to and there was like these little souvenir helmets that you could get. They were yep. little plastic replica helmets and he was drinking out of that <laughs> helmet. <laughs> oh goodness. So um, I think that's about it on freaks and geeks. I think we've covered all the important topics about that show. Cool. Cool. Well, I think that means now we're moving on to Nostalgia Combat! Nostalgia Combat! <laughs> so I have a trivia question devised for my co-host to answer. Whoever is closest will get to lead their chat next week. Paul either with Star Fox or Brian with Garbage Pail Kids. Are you guys ready for some Nostalgia Combat? Never, but I'll try. <laughs> All right. So um, this is a topic that actually just appeared on our Facebook page recently. I had forwarded a article about this show to the co-hosts here, and uh, one of them shared it on there. And it was one of my favorite shows growing up. It was Legends of the Hidden Temple, oh. the game show that appeared on Nickelodeon. So there were 120 episodes in the series run. Out of those 120 episodes, how many times was the temple run successfully completed? Oh, man. I'm going to say 10. Okay. (laughs) Paul? I'm going to say 30. But before you tell me who's right or wrong... Does the winner get a free copy of this year's Encyclopedia Britannica? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'll make sure that gets delivered to you. (laughs) The 2018 one? (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm sure it's all digitized at this point, but I'll make sure that they print the whole thing out and deliver it to you by hand. (laughs) I will also accept Reeboks or a lifetime supply of Bumblebee tuna. (laughs) I don't think the kids back then even accepted the life supply of Bumblebee tuna. (laughs) Oh, that just sounds awful. I'm sorry. I can't (laughs) even The sad thing is they give it to you all at once. (laughs) (laughs) Mind those expiration dates, folks. (laughs) Seriously. Well, uh, the the winner was Paul. The correct number was 32 times, which was a success rate of only 26%. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, you, I mean, you're on, you're watching it on TV and you're going, God, how can they not get this? But apparently it was rather stressful to be in there because it was not completed nearly as often as you would have thought. Jeez. Unlike the Astro Craig. <laughs> the Astro Craig. I thought it was the Agro Craig. Oh, you're right. It is the Agro Craig. You're right. We've had this conversation before, haven't we? <laughs> I think so. This may be a glitch in the Matrix. I'll get it right one of these times. <laughs> a glitch in the Matrix. Agro Craig, Astro Glide. I just, Whoa! <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Astro Crack. I mean, what? <laughs> well, there you have it. I win. <laughs> I will be guiding us through Star Fox, the video game franchise. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> Do a barrel roll. <laughs> and Brian, what is your topic remaining? Garbage Pail Kids. Garbage Pail Kids. Excellent. Yep. But now we got to figure out what Adam's going to talk about next time. Yeah, I want a topic to talk about. Y'all got cool topics. I want a cool topic. So I think it's time to visit... The Hopper of Imagination. Get to the hopper! Get down, get in the hopper! You guys beat me to it. It would feel redundant. <laughs> get to the hopper! There we go. There you go. Wouldn't feel right without Paul saying it in an episode. That's right. Well, normally I wait for Brian to start talking and then interrupt him. <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> Interrupting cow says what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's do this. Let's let's get to that hopper, Brian. All right. I want to find out what my topic is. All right. Um, well, let me let me get this thing cranked up real quick. Um, Turn it up to 11, man. Yes. In the meantime, we want to remind all our listeners, if there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, you can submit those at our website, datingourselvespodcast.com. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So your topics could be in one of three categories. It could be food and beverage. TV series or sports? 
Ooh, uh, I haven't. You know, I haven't done a sports topic yet. Let's so let's try sports. Sports. All right. So Adam will now hold in his pocket the card for the 1992 Dream Team. Oh yes! <laughs> oh, this is my jam. Some oh. might say it's a dream come true, huh? <laughs> uh, uh, I see what you did there. Well, folks, there you have. Did someone pass Adam a towel? I think he's gonna pass it. Out. <laughs> it could be a sweaty Larry Bird towel. <laughs> there you go. Well, folks, that's dating ourselves. Thanks for joining us. And if you like what you heard, there's more to come. You can check us out at www.datingourselvespodcast.com to learn more about us and the show. And you can check out our contacts tab if you'd like to submit your own nostalgic topics. You can also send us submissions at datingourselvespodcast at AOL.com. We've got mail. In addition to iTunes, you can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Google Music, and wherever podcasts are downloaded. We post additional content on Facebook at facebook.com slash dating ourselves podcast. If you're on Instagram, you can find us there at dating ourselves podcast. And we're on Twitter at dated podcast. And remember, if you're too old for Snapchat and too young for life alert, you've just been dated. See you guys. Later geeks. So long.